I got a girl with a mind on love The kind of love that is dangerous It knocks me down but I get back up Hey everyone, welcome back to Kevin and the Wu-Tang Clan. Today, I have my brother on as we talk week 11 of the NFL season. Um, Some really interesting games ended up happening, and then we also give our picks for week 12. Um, With the playoffs starting in four uh, weeks, it's going to be really exciting to see as we go down the stretch who ends up being in the playoffs so me and my brother give our picks we break down some of the AFC and NFC playoff picture so be on the lookout for that and guys be on the lookout for our podcast coming out next week as well so guys let's give my brother a call hello Hey, Mike. Welcome back to this week's episode. Um, thanks for coming back on as we talk NFL again. Um, this week, not as exciting of, an a week, of a week, but as soon as I released the episode last week, we probably had one of the most interesting things that ended up happening in the NFL, uh, something kind of negative that happened on the field Thursday night football. Miles Garrett ends up clocking Mason Rudolph in the head with the helmet. I know we're a week, six days after the incident, but can you give me your thoughts on all that stuff that happened? Yeah, I mean, it's just a really bad look for both sides, but especially for Miles Garrett. Um, You know, that it was just kind of crazy. Like, I haven't don't recall seeing anything like that in a very long time, but you know, Miles Garrett, obviously, just like he's kind of known for his, that like kind of softer persona off the field, like being a guy that you could like hang out with, like sort of chill with. Um, although he's been a beast on the field uh, for this season, but he really just like let the best, like the like his temper get the best of him because he. Yeah, he he just went guns blazing and um, you know went off on Mason Rudolph taking his helmet about to like you know bring an actual hammer of like I would say like a thousand I don't know five hundred pounds of, of weight on that on that guy's head right like he's one of the strongest players in the NFL that could have gone really ugly I'm glad it did not get as bad as we thought it might but. Uh, yeah, just not a really good look for for anyone. And, you know, he's been suspended for this season indefinitely. I would not be surprised if there was some further further penalties coming his way. Um, but also for Mason Rudolph, too. Like, he uh, definitely wasn't innocent from all this as well. Your thoughts? Yeah, he definitely wasn't innocent, but he was the only one out of that incident that ended up not getting suspended. Uh, Marcus Pouncey um, ended up getting suspended for three games as well uh, for his role in the incident. And then I believe it was Emmanuel Osba who in the video ended Mm -hmm. up pushing Mason Rudolph to the ground. Um, He got suspended for a game as well. So it was kind of interesting how – you know, watching the incident and watching it back, what 
and who the NFL decided to suspend because of the incident. I I totally under, understand and get why they did um, suspend Garrett for those six games, and it really made sense. And um, I think it's probably the most correct move by uh Goodell for what he had to do. So I thought that was fairly interesting as well. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was just kind of crazy. As soon as I released the episode last week, I was like, all right, I guess we didn't even get to touch upon that. Um, <laughs> one of the most interesting things that ended up happening in the NFL. And then I guess to go along with that, because I think a lot of the takes on, on the suspensions and everything like that is a lot of people agreeing with each other that it was a incredibly crazy thing that we saw on the field and the suspensions were correct and how they were doled out. But um, on the other side of things, there was another, uh, I would say off field type of incident that ended up happening last week as well. That happened on Saturday. And there was a lot of stuff that ended up surrounding um, Colin Kaepernick's tryout slash workout um, mm-hmm. with the NFL. Um, and I wanted to get your take on that as well, because I thought that was really fascinating in terms of Kaepernick and the NFL. And I think a lot of people kind of going into the, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, the tryout, the workout that Kaepernick was having to showcase his skills after three years of not being in the league um, in joint conju- uh, conjunction with the NFL I think a lot of people felt that it was kind of a, I don't know, something like the NFL was using Kaepernick to kind of, I don't know, hurry some goodwill with the overall public by giving him this opportunity um, to get showcased and hopefully signed by an NFL team. And then it kind of like went crazy on Saturday um, following Schefter's tweets with like alright these are the details of the tryout and then like when it was supposed to happen at 3 o'clock he wasn't there at 3 o'clock and then he ends up ha- you know being at a site an hour away so what did you make of all the stuff um, that ended up happening with Colin Kaepernick I think it was reported that Ultimately, he practiced at a high school instead of the Atlanta Falcons practice facility. And then eight teams only saw him instead of 24. And as of Wednesday night at 1 a.m. today, um, he hasn't been signed yet. So what do you make of all that um, stuff surrounding Colin Kaepernick? And do you think, he eventually gets signed or is this one of those things that the NFL is not ready to sign him because maybe it's been three years? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you actually saw the workout too, he didn't look that bad, to be honest, but obviously it's really different from like a game situation. In the video, he was just, you know, totally empty field, um, just him and the receiver, just a really casual kind of looking workout where you just throw a few deep bombs. Um, you know, it looks like he still has that arm strength, but, you know, we've always known he's had that arm strength. It's just like, can he replicate it in a game time situation? And, you know, I, 
I, I got to think that there's there's a few teams, I know some teams that could still use Colin Kaepernick because I, I look at what's going on like Pittsburgh, right? Um, you know, they're a team that's like kind of on the cusp could use a good quarterback right now. Like they could definitely use Colin Kaepernick. He, like he's probably better than Mason Rudolph. Um, you know, some other teams that might be in the mix, right? You might have like the Lions or something. Like why not, right? Holy, yeah. So it to me, or like even the Broncos or something, right? Uh, Buccaneers, man, Jameis just it does not look very good, but. Anyways, like, it seems like there are a few teams that could use his help, but it just makes very little sense as to why the workout was kind of timed now when it was, because the workout, you know, you're, you're, you're entering, like, week 12. Like, what could he actually do, right? He hasn't played in three years. It's not like he's going to come in week 12 for an actual contender. And if you're a tanking team, like, why would you try and invite all that, like, media, like, circus into town, right? Um, yeah. and you're just you're just trying to tank, right? So it it, it seem it doesn't seem like the timing is really helping Colin Kaepernick out. I don't know if that's due to some malintent by like the NFL or if it's just like you know general incompetence from them, right? Or they just don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but overall, like it, it just it didn't seem to be the most genuine effort. And I think you can't blame a lot of fans for thinking it's not genuine, given the NFL's track record. And he's also, I mean, it's not, even if he was signed, he's just still not signed, right? For whatever reasons, maybe he didn't look as great as people thought in the workout, but he's not signed. It doesn't look like he will get signed. Um, I also don't see much reason for a lot of teams to, given the workout date. So, yeah, those those are just sort of my like quick thoughts and reactions to this. Yeah, and I totally I think you kind of hit on a really fascinating point there. Like when you're listing off all the teams that needed to or like that are short of a quarterback and that can be used, it's not like there's team. It's not. It's it's kind of like there's teams out there that really need a quarterback and you kind of listed three very quickly and you didn't even include like Miami who like for their situation doesn't make sense, but like there's a good amount of teams out there that don't have like their guy or their quarterback yet entrenched in, in the fold. And it kind of just shows how in the NFL, how hard it is to be a quarterback in the NFL um mm-hmm. just in general um and it's going to be hard for a guy that's been out of the league for 3 years um right. of, out of the league and he's now turning 32 or 33 years old um that's the wrong side of 30 getting older in age it's just difficult to kind of pick that up when there's guys that are spending literally every single day in an NFL quarterback room with the team and they still can't get it done right. So it's like, you're not really giving this guy the tools, tools to succeed. So it's really hard to realistically see him contribute to winning football in the near future. So I'm not exactly sure what the outcome is. And if there's like a team that ends up kind of 
having like a token, I don't know, just like signs him and says like, all right, we're going to just sign you to kind of have, um, and to kind of repair the, I guess, image of what the NFL did to him. And I'm not exactly sure which team is going to be willing to do that. So I I think it's going to be a really fascinating thing to monitor. Um, But ultimately the, the takeaway I take from it is like, it's really freaking hard to play quarterback in the NFL. Um, yep. so, so with all of that, let's get into the games for week 11, Mike. Um, for our picks last week, I did not fare very well. I go 0-3. Um, mm-hmm. Try to go out in a limb. That was their first undefeated week um, between us. And you are now leading um, since week 7, Mike. I went 0-3. The Texans took a beating. Uh, the Bears ended up losing. And then the Chargers with Phillip Rivers, four interceptions on the field um, in Mexico City. Did not look good. Loss. Did not look good at all. But took yeah. a loss in Mexico City to the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Mike, where do you want to start? What what games do you want to talk about for Week 11? Um, anything that caught your eye? Yeah, I think that we could start. I mean, we could start with a few of those games that you just mentioned. I think Texans Ravens was a was a very interesting game uh, personally, just to see how bad the Texans were and how they could not move the ball. Right. Yep. Like, given all the weapons they have, I know uh, Will Fuller's still out, but you know you have Deshaun Watson who you know had some sleeper MVP buzz. You still have Hopkins. You still have like. You still have your Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde uh, package there. Um, Kenny Stills there. Like, I, I just was shocked that they could not move the ball against this Ravens team um, that hasn't had the most effective defense. I, I know with Marcus Peters now and the Ravens, they've looked a lot better, but the Ravens are rolling, right? They look they look legit, and I, I, I can't, you know, as much as we kind of uh, – have not jumped on the Lamar bandwagon. I think, uh, you know, I have a hand on the wagon right now. Kev. They looked great. Yeah, Mike, I think it's time that we both get on the, the Lamar bandwagon at yeah. this point. Uh, yep. They're sitting at 8-2. and two. They um, are on a six-game winning streak. Um, if you're not a believer by now, I think you're at this point just a hater. <laughs> so, like... Um, I think I'm finally convinced. And, like, I have a good friend in law school uh, who's been on the podcast talking about basketball, Andrew Romani, who's a huge Ravens fan. And he's just kind of been, like, talking about how good Lamar has been, um, kind of rubbing it in my face because, obviously, we took Darnold um, in that draft. So it kind of sucks to see that there was a guy 20 picks after that, and how transcendent of an athlete slash quarterback he is mm-hmm. in comparison to Darnold. But I just think it just shows like the changing trends of the NFL and uh, the idea of having a mobile quarterback um, and the NFL looking more like a c- college game in that way is kind of interesting. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know if Lamar would be Lamar without the right kind of personnel that he has. Like, I think John Harbaugh's done a great job of putting the right kind of 
system around Lamar for him to be successful. Um, I'm not sure Adam Gase would have done exactly the same. Well, and I, I think that you hit up on a really interesting point in terms of this whole philosophy of do you end up do you end up having a system in place and then basically jamming players into that system or do you build a system around uh, the the personnel or the talent that you have on the team? And I think you kind of see with all the great coaches, especially like if you look at the top, Bill Belichick, he's always had to refine and retool his teams based upon the talent that he's had on the teams. Obviously, yeah. he had Tom Brady at quarterback, but he's always adjusted to his teams in order to take advantage and fully maximize the potential of his teams based on the talent that was available on his teams. And I think John Harbaugh, it just kind of solidifies how good of a, uh, of a coach he is by, sure. sur- by surrounding Lamar with the talent uh, that was needed and basically being like, all right, we are going to go fully into this and say, and really, I guess, take advantage of Lamar's skills of his running ability um, and be able to put in a pa- put in packages like, you know, that Heisman package from a couple weeks ago, that was really fascinating when they had Mark Ingram and RG three, in the backfield together and they kind of like had that triple option play, which was really fascinating. So I I just find Harbaugh a really good coach in that he's been able to take advantage of Lamar's skills instead of kind of trying to jam him into like, all right, like we're going to try to do what took us to the Super Bowl and won it for us when we had Joe Flacco at quarterback. So it, it wasn't realistic at all, but, I think a lot of coaches, a lot of lesser coaches, would try to kind of uh, jam a square peg in a round hole. So yeah. it's it's kind of really interesting that they've been able to do that, and they've looked really good. Like they they be a really I don't know about a really good Texans team, but like a team that I think both of us thought are well, pro- decent a decent team. a decent team that has playoff aspirations. Um, yep. So that was a really surprising game, um, I thought. I thought the other surprising game, and maybe I'm maybe I'm a little off base in saying um, how surprised I was about this game, but the Falcons just absolutely destroying the Panthers. I well, maybe this is like the realities of Kyle Allen setting in because he did not look good during the game at all. Um, mm-hmm. But the Falcons have not shown pretty much anything. Um, this whole entire season, maybe the past couple of weeks, they've kind of come to life, but they haven't really shown that much. And for for the Panthers to lose 29 to three just seemed very kind of out of place. And they still had like lingering, I would say, playoff hopes. And now that seems pretty far fetched. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the Panthers are out. Now and uh, you can't lose to the Falcons. You just can't. And the Falcons—they have this running back by committee right now. Um, you know, Matt Ryan didn't play a particularly amazing game, but Kyle Allen just did not did not look like he had it. No. So, yeah, he, he, it's hard to overreact to one game. 
there are a lot of great quarterbacks like you know your Peyton Manning's of the world who's who've had some rough games in their career. So I don't want to overreact since it is only one game. But this is not a good Falcon secondary. I, you know, watching the highlights of this game, it's very surprising that Kyle Allen played so poorly. So we'll we'll, we'll have to keep our eye out on uh, what happens there. But, you know, the Panthers definitely do not look set at the uh, quarterback position. And honestly, I think, I think they're out. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs at this point. Yeah. And I think, like, we were kind of touching on upon, like, playoff picture kind of rounding into form. Um, and I think over the past couple of weeks, the NFC has been very um, – it's becoming more and more crystallized. Um, and you kind of mm-hmm. see in the NFC, um, like, even the Rams being two games back in the win column and a game back in the loss column um, for a wild card spot with the Vikings um, taking control of that, um, that second NFC wildcard spot. And even, like, the, the the Eagles are kind of, like, a team that I think I predicted to be the NFC East winners in the, earlier in the season. Um, they're sitting at 5-5. Five and five. It doesn't – they don't have pretty – they pretty much have no shot at the NFC wild card e- either. And their only hopes are winning the NFC East. Um, so it looks pretty crystallized. Like the NFC East battle is probably the only one that's going to be like one team or the other, but then it's going to be some combination of Cowboys, Eagles, 49ers, Seahawks, Packers, Vikings, and then the Saints. Um, and even the Rams playoff hopes are kind of like teetering sitting at six and four. So I don't know how you see the NFC playing out, but I'm not super positive on the Rams chances either. Um, and they only won 17 to seven against the bears. At yeah. And, yeah. And in the Rams, it's not like, like they looked very good in the Rams bears game. Um, Again, here, Jared Goff, not able to get – I mean, he was 11 for 18, mm-hmm. right? Chose a lack of – I mean, it's it's still a good Bears defense, but he – Jared Goff, like, that has to be – you have to be thinking and really kicking yourself at the contract extension he gave Goff that would make him, I believe, the highest paid quarterback yeah. next yeah. year. So it it's not like – a huge, that's, that's a huge misstep for, for the Rams here. It seems like they were pretty dedicated to getting Todd Gurley going and saying, if we're going to make a push and, and we're going to use Gurley, this is kind of that push. And they really, really ran him a ton in this game. Um, and he looked pretty good, I mm-hmm. will have to say. So um, it's, it's, it's looking rough for the Rams. I, I don't... I'm not saying that it's over for them, but they've got a few tough tough games. Still have the Ravens, Seahawks, Cowboys, and 49ers. And the Cardinals twice, and they've shown that they're not an easy out. So um, I wouldn't hold my breath for the Rams here for that last walkout spot. Yeah, totally. Um, and I, I think one of the really interesting games to kind of like 
solidify the NFC picture. And we talked about the NFC uh, second NFC wildcard spot, depending on like who you like between the Rams and the Vikings, the Vikings came back from what? 23 down, I would say, Mm -hmm. or or 20 down. Um, Yeah. Something like that. Some crazy number against uh, Denver. And it was looking really bad for them at halftime and they were able to switch it on and kind of, um, this is like one of those games that they really couldn't lose um, mm-hmm. to and to solidify their spot. And they were able to kind of rectify the situation in the second half, but it just kind of shows like how ineffective at times uh, this Vikings offense can be um, mm-hmm. like, especially if they take Dalvin cook out of it, he ended up only finishing with 26 yards. Um and that, I mean, I think that was a little bit of game flow and all that type of stuff. But if you can shut that Vikings running game down, I think it's it plays into the hands of, like, some of the other teams. Yeah, and but I was really impressed with how Kirk Cousins looked, right? 29-35, oh, totally. 300 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, I, I mean, he's still missing Adam Thielen, so – Seems like those like quick, like those quick slant routes are just like not there right now, um, and he's still doing a pretty good job right now, uh, connecting with Diggs for 121 yards and one touchdown. So I was really kind of more impressed with the Vikings able being able to come back. Um, but yeah, I agree. This would have been a really really bad loss, and it you know them stepping up and winning this game kind of just stepped on the throats of uh of the Rams but also put a little bit of pressure on the Packers. Totally. Yeah, and it it just kind of shows like if the Packers end up slipping up, maybe even the Vikings could kind of uh take control and have um a chance at um a number 2 seed as well. Yep. Um so and and a bye. So they're not out of it by any means. Um, the Saints end up having a bounce back week against the Buccaneers, uh, winning 34-17, uh, kind of coming off of that pretty bad loss against the Falcons. And Falcons are surprising people with two two straight uh, NFC South divisional wins. Um, so that was a good win by the Saints to come back from that as well. So um, there's a lot of really like, the NFC picture is becoming a lot more solidified. What are your thoughts on the AFC as we swing over the AFC playoff picture? Um, it looks like there's like a three-way battle for for a couple spots, and then you kind of get into like the five and five teams. But um, the Texans right now are currently sitting at six and four and sitting in second in the AFC South. The Raiders sitting at six and four as well, and then the Bills are seven and three. So it seems like three out of those teams, three of those teams are going to be fighting for two spots, and then the five and five teams are uh, the Titans and the Steelers behind those guys. And I'm not exactly sure if you want to even count like the Jaguars and the Browns sitting at four and six as having viable shots um, at a playoff picture, but or at a playoff spot. So I'll throw those guys in there. But out of those teams, has 
your thoughts on the AFC playoff picture change from last week from what we saw, or is it a little bit more of the same? Yeah, I think that we were kind of thinking that the Steelers might make it last, you know, in the past few weeks. Um, I'm out. I don't think the Steelers are, are very good at all. Um, mm-hmm. That was surprising to see how much I, – I just didn't understand, like, how much they struggled on the offensive end when behind. Um, it seems like Mike Tomlin has done a really good job of, you know, keeping games close with that defense, but you know, playing from behind, Mason Rudolph just doesn't have it. Um, I'm, I'm completely out on him. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say I'm out on the Steelers. But what the bill showed me, albeit against the Dolphins, looked, looked pretty good. Josh Allen saving my fantasy season a little bit. So Me um, too, Mike. I, I mean, I kind, I kind of like the Chiefs. I mean, for me, it's the Chiefs. Um, the AFC South is just a mess. We'll get to that one later. The Ravens, Patriots. I like Oakland um, and the Bills right now. And, you know, obviously one of the Texans with the Colts to be that last wild card spot. That's, so you're in on the Raiders, you're saying? Um, so, yeah, between the Raiders, Colts, Texans, and Bills, I think those are your contenders, right? Yeah. For the wild card. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it's it's really hard. I mean, the AFC South is just it, it's just an absolute mess. None of it makes sense. Um, and the like, Jackson's losing by thirty. Um, the Colts just absolutely cruising. Um, it, it it just like it's a it's a it's a division that makes very little sense to me. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. And- and it seems like whoever the sixth seed is um, and whoever is going to be playing that early Saturday game um, uh, in the wild card round, like that's going to be playing on Saturday that usually has like is featuring like a team that is a playoff team technically. But when you look at them, you're like, this team really made the playoffs. Like it definitely seems like it's going to feature one of these AFC AFC teams, um, and I think it's going to be really fascinating to figure out who those teams are. There's obviously a lot of teams in the running, and I don't have a great feel on it. It seems like the Bills, like not that they've solidified a side yet, like and this Bills team is flawed in uh, in a couple of different ways, but they're sitting at seven and three. Um, that's going to be really tough to kind of give up, I would say. And then I would say it's between the Raiders, Steelers, and then Colts. I kind of like the Texans' schedule, and I think they'll end up solidifying the AFC South. Um, And maybe that's foreshadowing my pick for this week between them and the Colts. Um, But I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup. And this Thursday night game is going to go a long ways to solid, uh, to basically deciding who wins AFC South. Um, are there any other games that you wanted to touch upon uh, maybe before we get into our picks, Mike? I mean, our Jets are on a two-game win streak, but I think we can move on. Yeah, it's nice. Sam Darnold threw for four touchdowns. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just hoping, like, even though – 
really the games don't matter for the Jets. Like he's able to build some more and more confidence because we kind of knew this um, as we were looking into the second half of the year for the Jets. But the second half of the year for the Jets was always going to be a lot easier for them. Um, You know, they have the Raiders who don't have a great pass defense, the Bengals um, in week 13, like the and then the Dolphins again for the Jets. Like the Jets have a fairly easy schedule. Um, besides, I mean, Baltimore's pretty hard, and then um, obviously they have um, like a pretty like decently tough game against the Bills on the road. But it's not like there's like it's not like the Bills are like amazing amazing team that we thought thought of so like it's possible they finish with six or seven wins this year um so as long as they have continued development with Darnold like that's pretty much all you can hope for yep I I totally agree I we just need a franchise quarterback yeah and like the fact that like half the team is on the IR IR, yeah yeah like you can't really fault Darnold for that and, like, his mm-hmm. offensive line decimated, all that type of stuff. So it's really interesting, Mike, to kind of get, I think, kind of, like, see how he navigates himself. And, like, I think the next step is, like, what he looks like in pressure-packed games, um, pressure-filled games. So that's going to – I'm definitely going to be looking towards that Baltimore game to see how he competes – but even going into next year, what he looks like when maybe the Jets are better positioned to kind of compete. Hmm. So, totally yep. yeah. So, Mike, why don't we move on to our picks for this week? Obviously, I stated earlier in the podcast, I went 0-3. Maybe I tried to kind of seem a little too smart, swing to defenses, um, basically look better than I thought. You know, basically try to swing for the fences and look like a genius. Ended up falling flat on my face that week, last <laughs> week. Um, you went 3-0. and um, So let's start off. I kind of alluded to it, foreshadowing the Colts-Texans Thursday night game. What are your thoughts on this game? Who do you have winning? I kind of foreshadowed that I had the Texans winning, and I'm sticking with the Texans. They're at home coming off of a loss. I think they kind of um, they bounce back this week, a la the Saints last week. Are you? What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, for the Colts here, what I really don't like is that um, T.Y. Hilton is quite questionable. He might play for the game, and um, Marlon Mack injured. Marlon well. Mack injured, right, with the fracture hand surgery. So. I'm, I'm going to go with the Texans as well here. And it's mostly because I just, I'm not sure with them being away, how many points they'll be able to, to really put up. Yeah, it's going to be difficult, especially like with the offensive skill positions and like what they have been putting out in terms of offensive production. T.Y. Hilton's been out for the past couple of weeks. Like he hasn't been playing. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he gives it a go tomorrow. And then Mar- obviously we talked about Marlon Mack being injured and him being a huge part of that 
of the focal point of that offense. Um, the Texans pass offense is a problem. Uh, that's all I have to say. Um, they, it, it's a, it's a struggle for them, but I think they get it done. I think Deshaun has a, a bounce back week. Um, and I think a lot of fantasy owners are hoping he does, uh, because he really struggled against that Baltimore defense. Um, but seems like we're in agreement there for the Texans winning. Mike, next game, uh, Sunday night, one, uh, one o'clock games. We got the Dolphins and the Browns. Who do you have here? Yep, so for the Dolphins, Browns. Um... I think this is a sneaky, interesting game because the Dolphins have looked fairly decent in the past couple of weeks. And right. the Browns ended up beating the Steelers, who both of us thought were in playoff contention in the AFC. Um, do they show some type of consistency? Uh, what do you have here? I, I have the Browns here. I just think that they have too many offensive weapons for the offense to handle, and especially being at home. Um, I mean, the Browns are favored by 10.5, which I think is way too high. I think it should be more like 7 or so. Yeah, I think if we're but, picking at the points, I I would have been like, yeah, I'm taking the, Dol- the Dolphins and the points there. Agreed. So, yeah, I, I would take the Dolphins and the points here, but for outright winner, the Browns. Totally. I... I agree with you, Dolph, or the Browns at home, but that line seems a little high <laughs> at 10. Agreed. Yep. So, all right, we got the Browns there. Mike, Lions versus Redskins. Who do you have in this game? Matt Stafford, questionable out. Does that change anything? Or are the Redskins the worst team in the league right now? Yeah, I mean... Arguably, you might have the Bengals as a worse team, but um, I, I, yeah, I have to go with the Lions here. They, they didn't look that bad with Jiskel. Uh, Definitely not. They looked pretty decent, like him being a pretty mobile running quarterback. Like okay. he's not a sitting duck in the in, in the in the pocket. So like, if he gets in trouble, he's able to get out, make plays with his feet. Um, um, Bo Scarborough ended up showing something for the Lions in their running game as they've kind of um, piled up on injuries um, in the backfield. So it's, I think, I, I'm going to Detroit as well. Um, that Washington team, especially watching parts of the Jets game, they are not good um, no, at all. They're really they're, bad. They're really bad. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins is. Yeah, Haskins is a young quarterback. He needs some time. He needs some time. <laughs> yep, needs a little bit of time to improve. So that is definitely going to be a struggle. Um, and and tanking, like, in terms of, like, do they really want to win games at all right now? Like, I'm not exactly sure they want to. So um, I'm sure they're tanking right now. Um, try to get Haskins help or even bring in a – and the quarterback at, for the potential number one, number two pick uh, between them and Cincinnati. Yeah, I totally think that they might actually move on quickly from asking. Totally. So, Mike, who do you have? Raiders versus Jets. Yeah, I, I don't want to be a homer here, but I, I think the Jets have a good chance here. Right. Upset special. Oh, okay. Did not really see this coming. So I, I like the Raiders. I 
I actually do like the Raiders here, so like, like to win the game, but I like the two and a half points that the Jets are getting. So, I mean, if you're not going to go with the Jets, I might. Okay, so Michael's going with the Jets. Um, yeah, like I think this is one of those games where I think I would probably take the Raiders if it weren't if I weren't a fan of the Jets. You know what I mean? It's like I think over the past couple of weeks, you're kind of encouraged by what the Jets have shown, like Darnold has shown. I think that there's too many injuries that have piled up, um, and I like the Raiders in this game, but it's an away game for them. Flying 3,000 miles across the country is definitely not easy at all. Their internal clocks, they're going to be playing at like 10 a.m. Uh, their time, so it's going to be really tough for them to kind of get adjusted. Um, all the all of those factors play into the Jets' hands. I think it's going to be a really close game, but I'm going Raiders here. So is this our first differential of the week? You got the Jets? It is. Yep, I'm going to go with the Jets. I, I like what I'm seeing from Sam Darnold. It looks like he has a good connection with Crowder, with back, um, Roby Anderson. And, you know, Le'Veon Bell, they're kind of switching it up a little bit with putting in Bilal Powell, uh, which I kind of like that change of pace. Someone who's just going to be a more direct um, runner versus Le'Veon Bell, some patient style. I, I think that the offense is kind of getting something going, and the defense has actually played quite well. They're uh, the number one rushing defense in the NFL, actually. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of like what I'm seeing from the Jets recently. A lot of close games in the past from the Jets, and with all this, like, they're a talented team, right? So, I kind of, I kind of think that the Jets have a good shot here. And Jamal Adams is kind of proving his point as one of the better safeties in the league with his production in the past one two One of the weeks. best, yeah. So um, it seems like it'd be really tough to get rid of a, a player of his caliber at this point um, with the amount of production that he's shown on the field. Three sacks this week. Pretty crazy, um, especially from the safety spot. Um, Mike, who do you have next? game on the docket the other New York team the Giants visiting the Bears in this one I think this one's a really tough one to read I don't know how you feel about this game I'm going to go with the Bears here I think that they're kind of coaching for some pride Um, yeah they're home I, I, I like the Bears I think that they're just more talented than the Giants like I, I'm not a huge Daniel Jones fan, to be honest. I think he's mm-hmm. better than Trubisky, but at the same time, um, this Bears defense is, is still pretty formidable. So I, I expect a few picks coming in. Yeah, I like the Bears here too. Um, I don't really see the Giants like having any incentive to kind of perform well. Uh, they're sitting at two and eight, so if like they keep on losing, they'll be assured of a top five pick. Um, so I don't really see a huge incentive for them to win. Uh, so I got the Bears here. Yep. All right. All right, Mike. Panthers, Saints. I, I think this is a really interesting game. What are your thoughts on this one? No, I, I think it's an interesting game too. Um, you know, just have not seen it from, um, you know, Kyle Allen though. So, 
Uh, I'm going to go with the Saints here. They're at home, which helps them even more. Um, you know, Drew Brees has always played well at home. Um, I think that their run defense is one of the top in the NFL and can really contain. And, you know, I trust Sean Payton to be able to contain Christian McCaffrey. I don't think he'll be able to stop him, but I think they'll be able to limit his damage. So I, I have the Saints here. And um, even with that 10-point line, I, I, I would probably take the Panthers on the, on the line. But, um, yeah, 10 points it seems a little high. Yeah, I think that seems a little high for me as well. I'd probably take the Panthers and the points. I just, I think it's going to be a really close game, actually. Um, like, I get the sense that even there's possible upset. And the only reason why I say that is because if the Panthers have are going to have any shot at making the playoffs, they have to start winning. Um, and this is going to be one of those key games that they really need to get. And I think they'll be, they'll come out fairly motivated. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a super close game going into the fourth quarter. And then the saints kind of like solidifying themselves and, and pulling it out in the end. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a three point game, um, especially since it's a divisional matchup, you never know, but I'm still going saints here. Yep, totally agree. All right, Mike. Next game, Seahawks versus the Eagles at home. The Eagles ended up playing the Patriots fairly tough, um, losing 17-10 to 10 last week. Who do you have in this game? Interesting. So I, I think that this is going to be a really good game. This is one of the top games I've had penciled in um, for the week. I kind of like the Eagles here, though. Interesting. Okay. Give me some of your reasons as to why you like the Eagles in this game. So a big part of this is I really think that in terms of the, like, you know, injuries, Jordan Howard is out, Alshon Jeffery, right? I I think that the Eagles really, you know, they're still playing for that NFC East um, title winner, and, and they're going to really want it. So I think that it's just kind of like a veteran team being motivated. I think that's what kind of gets them this game. But I've been burned with the Eagles in the past where I thought that they would show up for the Cowboys game, and um, they obviously did not. So I, I like the Eagles slightly to win at home um, over the Seahawks. What are your thoughts? That's a bold pick, Mike. Um, I like the Seahawks. You know how I've been a pretty big Seahawks supporter throughout the season. Um, I like the Seahawks in this game. I definitely see your rationale there um, in liking the Eagles. I just think the Seahawks and Russell Wilson, he's, like, been pretty amazing. Like, like I think he's, along with Lamar, probably in the race for MVP. And, like, I'd probably give the slight edge to to Russell still um, in that race. I just think, like, he's done, like, a lot of really great things with pretty limited talent around him offensively, um, especially Will Disley went down earlier in, in, in the season, and now Jacob Hollister's kind of stepped in. He's had, like, a 
pretty mediocre cast of wide receivers, and Tyler Lockett hasn't been necessarily healthy all season as well. Um, but I just think they're going to be able to carry um, carry it through, and they're able to uh, to get a really tough road win. And I think it puts um, the Eagles' playoff chances in peril um, for for um, I would say the future. Um, I think it helps that the Cowboys have the Patriots um, playing this week, so they might not be too far behind um, at the end of the week. But I think it's going to be one of those games that the Eagles have, like, so many of these close games where they could have done something with a couple plays going a couple different ways. But I think ultimately the Seahawks pull it out. That's our second differential of the week. I have the Seahawks. You have the Eagles. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike. You got Bucks Falcons here. Who do you have? Yeah, this is a uh, this is an interesting game. Um, I'm out on I'm out on James again. We'll we'll flip flop every week. I'm pretty sure you'll have five touchdowns this week, but I'm I'm gonna go with the Falcons. Isn't that just the nature of Jameis? Like, like the amount of flip-flopping that both of us have done on like, all right, maybe he'll just throw five touchdowns. It's kind of like being like, I don't know, saying or throwing like, like randomly at a dartboard, closing your eyes and just being like, all right, we'll see what ends up happening. Um, I just get the sense that Jameis is one of those quarterbacks that's just going to be consistently inconsistent. So um, it's it's not great um, how he's performed in the last week or so, but who knows? It might change. Like it's to- it's totally possible he throws for five interceptions or five touchdowns. Um, so there's so much wide variance here, but I'm going Falcons. Young Haiku's kind of looked pretty decent. Might be picking trying to pick him up. In my fantasy league, um, who else do you um, – so I have the Falcons here, Mike. Yeah, I have the Falcons here as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I just can't trust Jameis on the road. Totally. All right, Broncos, Bills, Mike. Broncos visiting the Bills. The Broncos showed something against the Vikings um, this week – or this past week. Do the Bills kind of continue with – going and they go to eight and three. I can't believe I'm saying the bills are going to be eight and three. That seems like a ridiculous thing to me, but do you see the Broncos pulling it out on the road or the bills continue it? No, I, I think that the bills are able to pull it out against the Broncos. Um, I mean, the Broncos look quite good when they're away and the Vikings are so strong, but I, 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 I just think that the Bills will uh, – a little bit more talent, right, but also just, you know, have some momentum with them. Whereas the Broncos, I'm, I'm not really sure what they're playing for at this point. Yeah, totally. I have the Bills here as well. Um, I think the Bills end up pulling it out. Um, not much more on that, but I just think the Bills pull it out. Mike, this next game, Steelers-Bengals. Um, Steelers on the road to the Bengals. Who you have here? I mean, I kind of want to do the upset central here, 
where we. Ooh, okay. But I, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm going to have the Steelers here. I think that the Bengals could win this. Uh, I I don't think the Steelers are very good at all. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they have some suspensions. Juju might be out. James Conner might be out. I, I I really struggle to see how they might um, move the ball here. Yeah. The only – it's like I totally understand that. And with any other competent team, I would I would tend to agree with you. I just think the Bengals are pretty bad. Like, it's not great. Yeah. Like, they have, like, all their players still. Like, even their skill position guys, like, oh, Joe Mixon, Gio Bernard, like – like Eifert still like they still have some talented players. I just I those players have given up on the season and I can't really foresee them trying too hard in this game. I was actually very tempted and I was it, it was kind of interesting to hear you lead off with like, oh I really want to pick the upset special because I was really close to de- doing it as well. But I think the Steelers actually win this one on the road. But I was very, I was very close to choosing the Bengals, um, so it's kind of interesting how we're on this on similar wavelengths there. Mike, Jaguars versus Titans. Who do you have in this game? Titans are at home. Uh, I like the Titans here over the Jaguars. Okay, AFC South is just. I got the Jaguars here, so. That's their third differential of the week. It's just a very weird division. Um, I might say I'm like 51% for the Titans here. I, I really can't tell you much about these teams. Like these are two of the most kind of average teams, to uh-huh. be very fair. But I think that the Titans are you know, just the home field advantage, um, riding some positive – um, waves after that Chiefs victory. I, I, I think that they can continue some of the momentum. They've actually won three of the last four um, with their new quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. So yeah. I think that they will have a close game. It'll be a close game, but I, I have the Titans here. Yeah, I think it's like the the game plan going into this game, like Titans are going to really try to run the ball with Derrick Henry. Like um, the Jaguars defensively have struggled with containing the run. They gave up like 480 yards um, on the ground in the past couple games, I would say. So it's going to be like, I really think Henry's going to, they're really going to be pounding the rock. But I think the Jaguars are kind of going to sell out on that. And then hopefully hoping to take their chances with Ryan Tannehill in the air, um, I'm. I it, this is one of those games I was really. It was just like kind of tough to decide who to take, and I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to see. I just wanted to take the Jaguars because I think it would make the AFC South race even more confusing slash <laughs> distorted um, if the Jaguars ended up winning and like there being a lot of confusion like. Any of those four teams can still have a shot at winning the division um, this uh, 
this year. So I, I think just kind of like there hasn't been any sort of like consistency in terms of who's going to be w- winning this division. So I got the Jaguars here. Yep. I don't blame you for it either. So Mike, we got two really good 425 or one really good four four o'clock game, and then I would say a really good Sunday night game as well. Um, mm-hmm. But the remaining three games, even Monday night, fairly interesting. Um, we got Cowboys Patriots at four twenty five. Cowboys on the road visiting New England. Who do you have here? I have New England. I mean, they're they're just at home. I think that. It's interesting, but I I, I I like the Patriots here to win the game, but even the line of six, I wouldn't feel super comfortable with. Right. Mm. I, I like the Patriots here, too, as well. I think they're going to win, actually, pretty easily. Um, like, the only, and, like, I would, I would take the Patriots here, like, in that six-point line, like, I the only reason why I say that is like I really think like you know Dak has been getting pressed because of that like pre-game warm-up thing with his hips and loosening up his hips and all that stuff but mm-hmm. I just think the Patriots kind of saw the model in terms of how to beat the Cowboys 2 weeks ago um mm-hmm. and like it's really just like frustrating Zeke stopping the run and they re- like, and, and the Patriots have the personnel to do it, the personnel to do it, especially on the backside where they can kind of load up on the run, put eight men in the box. And then you kind of like double Amari and then play one-on-one with the guy, with the guy on the other side, like whoever you want, you take the chances with the Mark, um, like your guy versus Randall Cobb or your yep. guy versus Michael Gallup. So I, I think it's going to be really fascinating what Garrett does in terms of like, does he end up like really kind of trying to roll off the Patriots by going a lot of three wide receiver sets and throwing on first down um, type of stuff to just try yeah. to get, try to get that defense off balance. Um, yeah, and my quick thought here is just that, like, you know, the, the Cowboys saw the Patriots stop beat as well, right? And they have a similar, not exact personnel, but they, you know, Dak right now is leading the league in uh, passing yards. Um, it's not like he hasn't played that, honestly, great, right? So... For me, I think that Jack is a pretty mobile quarterback. I think that you could do some similar things to what the Ravens were able to do against the Patriots. Uh, the Cowboys still have that pretty fearsome offensive line. You're able to run the ball with Zeke a little bit. You're able to move around out of the pocket with Dak. Um, he plays alive. Um, I think that the Cowboys here have a shot, but, yeah, I'm still going with the Patriots anyways. Yeah, I think they have a shot. I think, like, you bring up a really interesting point about Dak being a mobile quarterback and maybe, like, on third and seven situations, third and eight situations, 
or even just kind of like those like third down in general when the play starts breaking down Dak is mobile enough to kind of break contain and move out of the pocket and run for a lot of those first downs especially like let's say the initial play is covered uh the back end holds up um in terms of coverage for the Patriots Dak is that great equalizer like Lamar is like when something does something's not working according to plan or um on first read for Dak he's able to get out of the pocket make plays on the run uh keep his eyes downfield throw the ball so um I definitely see the game plan um that Dallas can utilize to kind of follow what Baltimore did um to take advantage of the Patriots I just don't think coaching acumen wise Dallas has that side of things what do you think so that's my feeling on that all right we got Sunday night game like Green Bay versus the 49ers this can go a long way in determining who has control of the first uh seed in the NFC might be the preview for the NFC championship honestly who do you have in this game yeah, I like the Packers here. Um, okay. I like the Packers here, even though they're away. I I just I think that they're. I think that Aaron Rodgers is able to kind of reassert himself in the MVP race, and that's primarily the reason. I just think that Aaron Rodgers kind of wins him a close game. Mm. So you you see this as a close game still. I say it is a close game, but the 49ers defense has shown some cracks. Um, they haven't really been as fearsome as they have in the early season. Kyler Murray able to throw quite a bit against them. Um, and I think that the Cardinals offense is, is good, but not it's it's not at the same level as this Packers offense. So um, for me, I, I just like the Packers to to win this game against the 49ers. I'm not sold yet on Jimmy G. Um, Sanders had some injuries. Um, Brito was injured as well. I think that they're still dealing with um, some lingering issues as well. So for for those reasons, I, I like the Packers. Hmm. Hmm. I think I I really struggled with this game when looking at it because. I think a lot of the points that you made about the Packers do ring true um, in terms of them being able to take advantage of some of the 49ers, like maybe weaknesses that you were mentioning um, run game wise. They, I think can take advantage of some of the injuries that are happening in the San Francisco backfield. And then San Francisco's, been showing a little bit of cracks on the the defensive side of the ball, like you mentioned. I just think the 49ers are going to be able to pull this out for whatever reason. I don't have a great feeling on it. The only, I think the only reason, like the logical reason that I can point to here is I think even in the run game, like Shanahan's so creative um, in that run game for the 49ers that I think they'll still be able to run the ball regardless of who's injured and who's available um, for them. 
and they've kind of shown it throughout the season that it really doesn't matter who's in the backfield um, mm-hmm. and that they're able to get production um, out of the running game. Um, and the Packers have played some, like, fairly close games. Like, they were on bye last week, but they had that goal line stand um, against uh, the Panthers to win a close one. Um, the week before that, they ended up losing the Chargers. So, and, like, it, it's not like they're blowing out teams. So, I think it's going to obviously be a close game. I just think 49ers at home, it's going to be rocking in um, Santa Clara. <laughs> so, like, I think it's going to be a really fascinating game. I just like the 49ers here. So, that's our fourth differential of the week, Mike. Yep. Not surprising. Like, the Packers can totally win this game, and maybe Rodgers is the difference at quarterback. I just okay. think I just think the 49ers have a couple different ways of winning, so that's why I'm taking them. Yep. And I think there are quite a few good games for this weekend, so uh, I'm excited for that as well. But, yeah, let's get to the last, last game here. Yep, Ravens-Rams. Um, are we both on the Ravens bandwagon? Like, I, I think so. I'm going with the Ravens. I, I just think the Rams keep up in terms of points. The Ravens in the past few games, let's look at how many points they've been able to put up. So put up 41, 49, 37, 30, um, 23, 26. So, you know, they're, they're putting up a lot of points here every week. I just don't think the Rams – I mean – I just don't think the Rams will be able to put up, like, keep up, right, which is incredible to say for a Sean McVay team. But I think that a lot of people are kind of hopping off the McVay bandwagon. So um, he's going to really have to have come out with something special to put up the same amount of points um, and keep up with this Ravens offense. But I, I, I just don't see it. So for me, I like the Ravens here. Yeah, totally. And if the Rams lose this game, like it's gonna it be really, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's pretty, it's gonna be really tough for them to to win out, I would say, because they have, they still have Seattle on schedule. They still have the Cowboys. They still have to visit the Cowboys. They still have the Forty ers So it does not get easy for this Rams team at all. Yep. Um, they have three really tough games on schedule still. Um, and, like, they pretty much need to win all of them um, to keep pace in the NFC. And I just don't see it happening um, at all. So I got Baltimore as well on the road, pulling it out. Lamar, you have turned me and Michael into believers. This podcast is now pro-Baltimore. Uh, Ravens mm-hmm. on the bandwagon, so uh, you've won us over. Mike, let's shift their focus over to fantasy. Um, who are your picks this week? How did it go last week? Is there have you have you um, rid yourself of any fantasy worries? Not even worried about fantasy at all. Given up on fantasy. Uh, this year, moved on to next year mentally. What are your thoughts about fantasy this week? 
No, I mean, I'm, I'm still in the running. I mean, I managed to somehow beat the number one team, a uh, nine and one team that had Lamar Jackson, Dalvin Cook, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, Saquon Barkley, who is thankfully out. So, T.Y. Hilton. So, th- this guy's team is like absolutely stacked. He's, he's, he's putting up crazy numbers. And I somehow managed to beat him with uh, my uh, Josh Allen, Marlon Mack, Cortland Sutton. And Jameson Crowder, <laughs> um, oh boy, out for me. Oh boy, oh boy, is right. And I had to start Miles Sanders as my RB two. Oh, so okay. I somehow, I somehow pulled it off though. Um, you know, thankfully, thankfully was able to get the win since Dalvin Cook, Philip Lindsay, and uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin were relatively contained. Totally. I ended up going one and one last week. Um, kind of in a precarious situation in one of my leagues that I'm a co- co-owner in. We're sitting at 6-4-1 and one right now, actually. I uh, mm-hmm. can't believe we tied a game, which is kind of insane in fantasy if you think about it. But we're 6-4-1, and one, and we are sitting outside of the playoffs right now. There are – it's kind of a wacky league, but the first place team 7-3-1, and one, and then there's five teams sitting at 7-4. and four. Um, and then we're sitting at six, four, and one. So we're on the outside looking in at this point, and it seems like we have to win both, uh, both games um, in the coming weeks uh, mm. to make the playoffs. So, and it doesn't look like looking at the projected points based upon what ESPN shows. Um, I'm not sure if we'll be able to pull it out this week. So it's going to be tough. Um, we have Derrick Henry coming back um, on the field, but we have a lingering wide receiver problem as T.Y. Hilton um, is questionable. So we need him to come back. Um, Keenan Allen's not playing this week. So it's going to be really fascinating to see if we're able to get wide receivers to play. Yep. And I- I think of that it looks like T.Y. Hilton is probably going to play from all the reports I've seen, um, which is voting well for you. He he plays extremely well against the Titan, uh sorry, the Texans. So I think that and it it seems like it would be a, a shootout in some sense. So it looks good for your chances if T. Y. Hilton is able to play. Yeah, and then my other league I'm sitting pretty um, I'm sitting in second place right now. Beat the first place team. We're tied on record, so I'm hoping to solidify uh, a buy already qualified for the playoffs. So I'm I'm doing pretty well in this league. There are, however, some injury concerns that I have. I have um, Marlon Mack out injured with the fractured hand. Um, Juju's kind of struggled this whole season. Don't really know what to do with him. Devonta Freeman's out with the, you know, with that foot injury, ankle injury, or whatever he has. Um, he might be on his way back. Um, Mike Williams and LaShawn McCoy both on bye this week. So I'll be potentially trying to pick up a running back um, this coming week. And I might be starting Jamal Williams against that vaunted San Francisco 49ers defense. Um, at RB2. So that's going to be struggling. That's going to be like really interesting to see if I can like try to get the number one seed 
for the playoffs. Um, but with Russell Wilson, Christian McCaffrey on my team, I always have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. So final thing I just wanted to go over, Bo Scarborough. Uh, Scar, Scarborough? No, Scarborough. Scar, Scarborough. Yep. Or uh, Jalen Samuel for the waiver wire. Um, I need to replace Miles Sanders, and um, I guess what we need. I think I'm going Bo here. I'm going Bo as well. I like it. I just like the volume. Totally. I think I'm going Bo there. Um, Both have great matchups. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just – I don't know what it is, but I think Jalen Samuels, even if Connor doesn't play – like, he's not going to be utilized, I think, as heavily as Scarborough is. Yep, I agree with that. So, yeah, yeah. I like I like the recommendation, Kev. I will take it to heart. Yeah, we'll, we'll move forward with that and, and pray for the fantasy God's help to make the playoffs. There's still a chance. Yep, always a chance. Always, to, if there's all, you know, if there's a chance, like, you're still in it. So... Mike, thanks again for coming on this week to talk football. Always good to have you on the podcast. Um, some really interesting soccer news ended up coming out today. Uh, Maurizio Pochettino ends up getting let go, fired, sacked uh, by Tottenham and Daniel Levy. So we will be touching upon that in the coming days. Uh, so, Mike, thanks again for coming back on the podcast. And we will always talk to you next week. Awesome. Thanks, Kev. I hope you hear this message and I hope it makes you smile. Don't worry about me, baby, cause I swear that I'll be fine. I got a girl with a mind on love. The kind of love that is dangerous. It knocks me down, but I get back up. And I'm addicted, I can't get enough.